0: Curiosity is not a sin, Harry, but you should exercise course. It's a dime You're fraternizing with the enemy. There's the, um, the Cruciatus curse. we we'll we celebrate a boy who was kind and honest and brave and true
1: right to the very end. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hogwarts, a podcast. We have a little bit of a surprise for you today, Chapter 22, The Unexpected Task. But before we get to that surprise, uh, I have a couple of shout outs to get to. And I want to thank uh, Maria T. Uh, we've thanked her a couple of times on this podcast, but at Maria Tadoja underscore. She was spreading some love about the podcast on Twitter, which we really, really appreciate. She reached out and said that this was the best podcast in her opinion. And if you're liking Harry Potter, then you're in luck. We really appreciate the positive comments. Uh, Thank you so much for those. Uh, Also, thank you to Jenny Conway, at Jenny Conway, for her continued support on our Twitter specifically. And then we also had a cool interaction with, uh, I'm so happy that I get to say this on the podcast, but Orange Gummy Bear, at Orange Gummy, B-E-A-1, was uh, very excited about a post we made on Twitter about Instead of Hogwarts Legacy game, what if a rejected Harry Potter video game was actually about the Dursleys and living at the Dursleys? Uh, They got very excited about that. You can go to our Twitter and check out that kind of comment chain. Um, But thank you guys for all of the support and all of the comments. We really, really appreciate it. Now, for the surprise. We have a new guest on this week. His name is Aaron. Hello. So how did you first get into Harry Potter?
0: Um, it's pretty similar to what almost everyone else has said, like, kind of grew up with Harry Potter. But I wanted to say, like, I think the reason, like, everyone loves Harry Potter and endures is the same reason as Pokemon, because, like, the world of Harry Potter is just better than the real world, and that's not true in almost any other fantasy series.
1: It's definitely uh, an immersive experience, like, whenever I read these books, I really try to just dive into them you know and to your point yes i do the same with pokemon whenever i play a game or watch the watch the anime
0: but isn't the world just better like wouldn't you rather be there
1: 100 uh well depending on different points in the series even the worst of harry potter isn't as bad as the real world voldy can get pretty bad
0: yeah voldy
1: can get pretty bad but yes generally it would be interesting being a part of the wizarding world which is why I think like in Orlando uh, and, and going and walking through Hogsmeade or walking through Diagon Alley is like a surreal experience or getting on the Hogwarts Express and going and that interactive experience it's cool to immerse yourself in it and try to forget for a second <laughs> that why is there snow and it's 80 degrees in Orlando right now forget that for a second just immerse yourself in it it's cool
0: but can you say that about any other fantasy series like
1: i don't know that i'd want to be part of the lord of the rings uh and being attacked by orcs every so often
0: or marvel
1: marvel there's a cataclysmic event every week or star uh, wars
0: like this goes on
1: star wars would be a trip I feel like Star Wars would depend on the planet that you're on.
0: I feel like you just want to be a Jedi, but you wouldn't want to live in that world.
1: Jedi life is hard, though. That's hard. Especially depending on... Uh, this is a Harry Potter podcast, so if yeah. you come in here for spoilers on Star Wars, sorry. Uh, there, there might be spoilers yeah. in Star Wars, but...
0: I mean, every <laughs> few years, somebody makes a ship that blows up planets.
1: Yes, And you're, like, as a Jedi, you either have to live, like, this solely solemn life or you're you're being hunted. (laughs) So it's it's not an easy life. But, yeah, I feel like you'd want to be a Jedi, if anything else. Um, That being said, I wouldn't want to live with the Dursleys. (laughs) And I wouldn't want some of these teachers teaching me (laughs) at all, ever. True. You know, being worried that my potions teacher is literally going to poison me at any given moment uh, is a little, little worrisome. But anyway, but speaking of our beloved potions master, the head of the Slytherin house, what house do you kind of identify with?
0: Uh, i am always been a Ravenclaw. Almost every test I get, I've gotten Ravenclaw as an answer. Okay. But then when I did the test where it breaks down every house and what percentage you get...
1: Oh, I love that test.
0: I was very surprised. Because once in a while, I'll get Slytherin or Gryffindor, and I've never gotten Hufflepuff. So I figured my Hufflepuff would be almost like in the single percentages. Okay. So my highest percent was Ravenclaw at like 29% and my lowest was Hufflepuff with like 22%. Wow.
1: Well, that's not of that low of a percentage. Real 22% yeah. is not that low.
0: So like the range was like 7%. I yeah.
1: Well, I remember when I took that one I was <laughs> I was like around 30% for Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Gryffindor. Actually, it was in this order. It was Hufflepuff, top, then Ravenclaw, then Gryffindor. And then, like, literally in a single percentile was Slytherin. It was, like, maybe 7% or lower. And I wasn't trying to do that, because you can manipulate those tests sometimes. Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to, but... Yeah. So you're identifying as as a Ravenclaw, then. Yes. Any specific reasons why you kind of... Pick that one, or was it just the, or the test specifically?
0: I always thought I liked to think things out and be logical about everything, so I thought it fit,
1: too. Fair enough. So, for today's episode, chapter 22, the unexpected task. So, we get kind of a, a curveball thrown at Harry uh, in this chapter. Honestly, it's a very straightforward chapter. We get this information about the Yule Ball, and then the rest of the chapter is essentially dealing with the fallout from that announcement, and Harry's scrambling to figure out how he's going to actually uh, find a date to the Yule Ball. So, it starts in McGonagall's classroom. And I like that McGonagall is the one to drop this information. Because uh, she seems like the antithetical person <laughs> to be talking about the Yule Ball. But here we are. I feel like this should have I been mean, like a like a feast announcement made by Dumbledore. I feel like Dumbledore would like pep this up a little bit yeah, more.
0: The way she was even talking about it, like... The students were laughing at her because she said that her hair down and stuff like that. Like, she's the worst person for this.
1: I liked that comment, too, of, like, yeah, it's a chance for us to all let our hair down. And Harry makes a note of, like, her hair is in, like, the tightest bun ever. It seems as though she's never let her hair down in any circumstance. Yeah. yeah. So she does drop some info on us, uh, which is good cuz as much as i have read this book i didn't remember some of these only fourth years and above are allowed to go to this thing
0: that's a little unfair like half the school is never going to get to go to this yule ball
1: yeah it is a li- like yeah it's a little unfair i uh, it's almost like taking the hog's mead ban for like first and second years and like just yeah. upping this by 100 However, you can invite younger students, which I never thought about this until I read that, but that's a little weird, right?
0: I think it's more for like
1: fourth, fourth years, years inviting, like third years. And not like maybe six the occasional years second year? yeah. inviting, because then the age gaps start to get weird. So you can invite younger students. Uh, the dance itself is from 8 p.m. to midnight on Christmas Day in the Great Hall. And champions and their partners open the ball. Which McGonagall tells Harry in a little side conversations, like you know, just FYI, you're really gonna have a partner. Go get a partner. No, 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 no. I'm telling you now. Go get a partner. He's like, I don't want to dance. I don't dance. You and are.
0: Thinks, yeah, he thinks it's the hardest, harder than the Hungarian Horn Tail.
1: <sighs> I, I get mean, that anxiety. I do. You're I mean, wrong. It's not, yeah, right? you're definitely wrong.
0: But I see I get where he's coming from. I yeah. definitely
1: see where he's coming from. Yeah. So during this whole thing, uh, we have Lavender and Parvati looking at Harry and kind of giggling the entire time. And then you have this great comment by Harry who's like, I never noticed how many girls actually go to Hogwarts. Which you think would not be like a bad thing in your circumstances is a good thing. And he's the champion. And he's a champion. I, I do like Ron as the hype man. Being like, you're fine, you're the chin, you just beat a dragon. You're good, you're good, man.
0: Well, he has to be after how he acted.
1: That's very true. That's very true. Uh, I like how Harry's like, well, how do we, so, this is one of my favorite quotes in the entire series. It's one of my favorite quotes, it always has been, is a quote, why do they have to move in packs? How are you supposed to get one on their own to ask them? I've always loved this quote. It's so true
0: especially at that age I definitely feel that.
1: Oh, I feel that. Oh, and then Ron's like, "Well, lasso one," which if there's a tone that can be set for Ron over the next couple of chapters, this is essentially it. Yeah. But no, I just had a, I love that quote. It just makes me laugh every time. But that being said, Harry does have his pick. He had a 3rd year girl, a 2nd year girl, and a 5th year girl all come up and ask him out to the yule ball which just time out for a second that's awesome that you had well speaking as a guy having girls come up and ask you out totally fine that's great love it ego boost awesome
0: but really why do they want to ask him they and want the attention
1: they want the attention he is the champion and by the way his he's harry potter uh fair mm-hmm. and harry's right to put that together but if you're a second or a third-year girl like i get the fifth-year girl being like i'm shooting my shot you know whatever fine the second and the third-year girl that takes some guts 12 year old yeah like who either that second year is really confident or someone got in her ear and was like no you need to do this like shoot your shot like do it But still, impressive nonetheless. I mean, we're sitting here talking about trying to get a girl on her own to ask her, and there's this 12-year-old girl being like, I'm shooting my shot, here it is. It's great. But yeah, Harry probably correctly makes the assumption that it's not their interest in him as a person, it's all of the extras that come along with it. As opposed to Harry's awkwardness through this, we get Fred coming into the common room late at night, uh, one of these nights, and he's like, "Hey, do you guys have a date to the to the ball yet?" And they're like, "No, we don't." What about you? He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going with Angelina." Really? How'd you ask her? Oh, that's a good point. Angelina, ball with me. Sweet. That's how it's done, guys. That's how it's done.
0: And it's amazing it worked. Exactly <laughs> how he wanted it to.
1: It's Fred. Is like. He's the goal. <laughs> like that unbelievable confidence right there. I mean, the twins are probably my favorite characters in the whole series. And, and you know what? Uh, not a lot of people are going to fight you on that. I mean, but and this is such a stellar example. Like, that's like a dream scenario. That never happens in real life. No, Ever. And Angelina, let's, she was, she put her name in for the Triwizard Tournament. She's a Quidditch player herself. She's obviously an older, older student. Like, she's popular she's uh a well-established not only character in this series but you know she's she's got a lot going for her let's say well you also have
0: to be confident to respond to someone who asks you out like that that's true like in front of the whole common room
1: uh i like angelina's response to it It was very cool it was just like a a praising look up and down sure (laughs) yeah all right very confident confidence and confidence and then ron throws Eloise Midgen under the bus. And we get another nose mention. Have you kept track of these nose mentions that we've gotten? Haven't
0: been paying attention to that.
1: So they've commented on... Harry has commented on how straight Cedric's nose is. And... From? Yes, we've got the mention on his nose is crooked. And then now Ron refuses Eloise Midgen in part saying her nose is off-center. I had no idea that noses were such an important thing at Hogwarts, but here we are. So he refuses that. Hermione gets upset because Ron is clearly going based off of uh, vanity (laughs) over substance.
0: She is right. This is just like the start of Ron being horrible.
1: Yeah, this is... Yeah, you're getting some insights to Ron here that's not exactly flattering. He gets taken down at peg, but we'll get there in a second. Harry has his eyes set on Cho, which he's had his eyes set on Cho for a while now. And he, I'm going to try to quote this exactly, Wong go ball with me. Fair? (laughs) Sounds accurate. Sounds accurate. Uh, That's what he spits out to Cho. She's understandably confused. And she uh, says that she can't go to the ball with him because she's already going with Cedric instead. Um, And I feel like this is where you get a lot of the Cedric hate from, specifically. I'm talking to you, Gryffindors, because, let me see here, I'm going to read you an exact quote. He'd been starting to like Cedric, prepared to overlook the fact that he had once beaten him at Quidditch, and was handsome, and popular, and nearly everyone's favorite champion. Now he suddenly realized that Cedric was in fact a useless pretty boy who didn't have enough brains to fill an egg cup.
0: Sounds like jealousy, and just jealousy.
1: Yep. And I feel like that's where a lot of the Gryffindor hate comes from, is like those yeah. lines right there. And they're like, see, we knew Cedric was this. And It's like, what are we, what are we talking about? Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I digress. So Harry is returning to the common room very disappointed. And we learn a couple of other things. We learned that Ron, while Harry was trying to ask Cho to the dance, Ron asked Floor, sort of. Uh he kind of yelled stuff at her and then regretted it immediately and ran off. Great, like, the exact opposite of Fred, which is great. And he chose to do it in front of, like, literally everyone. I don't know that that would have been my approach. No. With Floor, Granted, how are you going to get Floor on her own to ask her? I don't know, but I I know Why that... even
0: ask at all when you haven't talked to her? Yeah. And I... are three years younger than her?
1: Well, okay, so that's the so that's the thing is I don't think I would have attempted floor. Mm. I would not have shot that shot. But Harry with Cho, he's like worried like how am I going to get her on her own? She's always surrounded by people. Oh, I'll I'll get her when she goes to the the bathroom. Oh wait, she goes to the bathroom with like four or five girls. How is this happening? And then he finally he finally gets her outside of uh, a classroom, and has to speak with her alone. Harry, there's like a thousand ways you could initiate a conversation with Cho. You've literally went up against her in the in Quidditch. She knows who you are. Aside from being Harry Potter, aside from being the champion, you've had interactions. She, You know she supported you when you became a champion, unlike many others in the school. Why not just be like, hey, can I talk to you about... You know, something really quick. Can I talk to you about Quidditch really quick? Just get her away from, like, her pack of girls or friends.
0: As a 14-year-old, first time you're asking someone out, I don't think he did bad, honestly.
1: Fair enough. No, he ended up doing quite well. It's just the the, the whole anxious lead-up to it. Yeah. I'm like, there's there's ways. But yes, you're right. I'm saying this now as a, a more mature adult. As a 14-year-old, I'd probably be going through the same stuff that Harry is. You're right.
0: He probably did better than I would have at that age.
1: Agreed. Yeah, no, I I would probably have done much worse. <laughs> so how would you have asked? You said you wouldn't have asked Flora at all. You wouldn't have shot that shot.
0: Why even bother? Like, don't even know her.
1: Fair enough. I do like, aside from all of this Ron asking Flora news, we get um, some information about Hermione we get that Neville asked Hermione to the dance. And in a very, like, very sweetheart way. Like, oh, you know, she's very nice to me. She's always helped me out with stuff. And Hermione rejected him. And Ron did not take that very well. Which annoyed Ginny, who's patting his arm, consoling him.
0: I mean, he made fun of Neville when he asked someone and ran.
1: Yeah, which Ginny calls him out on quick when Hermione entered the room. Like, they're all laughing about Neville and, the, and that, how that kind of fell through. And, oh, who would, who would go with Neville? Ha, 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 ha. Hermione comes in. Oh, yeah, they're talking about how they both got rejected. Shuts them up really quick. At
0: least Harry wasn't being mean about it, but Ron had no leg to stand on.
1: Right. Yeah. So we find out that Hermione supposedly has been asked by someone and refuses to tell the boys who because Ron's... Uh, being, uh, let's say, not so nice. But he does realize that Hermione, in fact, is a girl. Oh, so you're going with one of us, Yeah, you're going with one of us, right? And Hermione again tells him, like, no, I'm going with someone. I'm already taken. Because someone, unlike you, figured out that I am actually eligible to be asked to this thing. Yeah, Ron's... Ron is... Ron's struggling in this moment. It's one of his worst moments. It's not great. Uh, Like, all the way around, it's like... Asking Fleur. Completely whiffing on the fact that Hermione is indeed a female that he can ask. Making fun of Neville.
0: How he evaluated all the other girls.
1: Yeah. It's not great. And Harry is at least coming at this from... uh, He's young and immature. Young and immature. Ron, Ron's almost coming at it from, like, a mean way. Maybe he should really get some... Maybe he should have written to, like, Bill and Charlie and gotten some brotherly advice on how to do this. Even Fred. Or Fred and George. I'm like, hey, tips, pointers, like, what do you got? Even Ginny Mm -hmm. could probably give him some pointers, because Ginny seems much more mature in this scene. As She's consoling Ron over that absurdity. Like, she's keeping it together, she's not laughing at him. Until he starts being more of a jerk, and then she's like, fine, gloves off. (laughs) Here's what I really think. And then they ask Ginny, it's like, well, you can go with Harry at least. And she gets really embarrassed, and she's like, actually, I'm also going with someone, and that someone is Neville.
0: So I'm kind of surprised that as soon as the Yule Ball got announced... That she just didn't spend every second she could hanging out with Ron so she could be with Harry and get asked. Yeah. I mean, you could tell by how she reacts to him asking Cho that she wanted to be asked by him.
1: Yep. Yeah, she and was, like, smiling at, you know, Ron's story or whatever, and then Harry's like, oh, yeah, I asked Cho, and it... Smile is gone. Smile is immediately erased off of her face. It's one of these things where it's like she clearly wants to go with Harry. But I think she's reading the room and is like, Harry does not want to go with me. He does not think of me that way, so.
0: She still has a great end with her brother, though. That's
1: true. That's true. And she's in the Gryffindor common room. It's not like she's not aware of probably things that's going on, except she does have her own life to live. So (laughs) So it's not like she's hanging on their every existence. She probably wants to get away from her brothers as much as possible and live her own life. But in this moment, I think she would. Yeah, you're right. Oh, man. So, anyway, getting away from the Ron and Harry of it all for just a second. We get some of the classes going on around this event. We've already talked about McGonagall's class. Uh, Hagrid still apparently hasn't figured out how to feed the scruts yet. Which, this is Christmas time almost. Like, months have passed. They've grown exponentially. And you haven't figured out how to feed them yet?
0: He's not the greatest teacher. I mean, he's taking care of them, but should he be exposing them to students if he doesn't know what they are?
1: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Meanwhile, Flitwick uh, has given up on teaching classes and ends up just talking to Harry about his use of the summoning charm in the task, which I brought up as like a good person to ask how to do a summoning charm might be the guy who's teaching summoning charms. But I get why he went with Hermione. I don't.
0: Sometimes you need a different perspective. Like, Flipwick taught him and it failed, so find someone else. That's
1: true. That's fair. Uh, Cedric, uh, Harry assumes, told Hufflepuffs to leave Harry alone. And you see uh, he's noticed fewer and fewer support Cedric badges
0: around the school. I think it's something Cedric would do in general. Like, I don't think he would ever push the, like, he's the true champion narrative.
1: You hear that, everybody? That was Aaron saying that, not me. We do also learn, speaking of Cedric, that one month has passed since he beat the dragon and he hasn't done anything with the egg. Like, not one thing. You'd think, after your, like, day-long binge session with Hermione and you figured out the summoning charm, you might want to take a look at the egg in the next month. You're wasting a third of the time that you have.
0: I think he's more worried about girls. Now,
1: yes, but not in the previous three weeks. Like, what were you doing? Uh, I don't know. If you had, if you knew that you had a second task coming, grand three months down the road, but you knew you had a second task, and the first task was a dragon, would you not at all be concerned about this egg? You'd want to try to figure it out, yeah.
0: He's a teenager, like, but yeah, he should have
1: been. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. Um, he should have tried to figure this out. Because Hermione makes a great point. What if it takes weeks to figure this out? What if that's the thing? Is like the clue might be a multi-segmented clue and you might need weeks to figure this whole thing out.
0: That'd be too logical for Harry.
1: That'd be a problem for Harry. Yeah. So that would be... No, I
0: mean, thinking that and starting the egg a month earlier.
1: Let's see. What else we got in this? Oh, we got the, the decorations are starting to be put up. In the Great Hall for Christmas, which I think would be just a spectacular sight to see. But I think, I guess, the overwhelming feeling I get from reading this chapter, like we've talked about, is that sense of anxiety. And, like, putting yourself in Harry's shoes and trying to navigate this unexpected task of having to find this date.
0: That felt very real.
1: It felt very real.
0: But getting back to the decorations, Mm -hmm. I just thought, I really hope there's Christmas in the Hogwarts Legacy game.
1: That'd be cool to see,
0: Is or it, any holiday. Does it,
1: fi- does it follow like a, like a time?
0: I'm not sure. I've been staying away from it as much as I can.
1: I have to honestly. We, we will here at Hogwarts the podcast get into Hogwarts Legacy, the game, and whether it's through some live streaming on Instagram or. Posting about it on Twitter or talking about it on the podcast. We'll find some way to communicate our experience to you guys, but let us know hmm. if you've played the game already or are excited about playing the game. Uh, we'll probably get to it hopefully soon, but we'll see. Uh, you have anything else for the non-spoilers? No, that's it. So I have been promised some very hot takes from Aaron in our spoiler section. He's got some... He, He's going to come at me. He's going to come at it, Anna. So stick around for the spoiler section, and uh, he'll give us some of his thoughts on some of the other episodes. Also, I have another note.
0: Kill the of All
1: right, so we are back with the spoiler section of Chapter 22, The Unexpected Task, and I believe Aaron wants to start with a reading.
0: Yes, it's from uh, The Sorcerer's Stone, and this is Ron speaking. Everyone's waiting in for you in the common room, we're having a party. Fred and George stole some cakes and stuff from the kitchens.
1: Stole some stuff from the kitchens. Interesting. Interesting. That
0: doesn't fit their character at all. Like they never break rules.
1: Yeah, no, they never break rules at all. I got so much flack for suggesting that Fred and George may have procured some sweets and snacks and such from Honey Dukes because they know a secret way into Honey Dukes. I got so much flack for suggesting such a terrible thing.
0: I don't think they're trying to destroy (laughs) honeydews as a business, but...
1: No, they're just trying to supply supply their little party. No, you just read a direct quote with the word stole in it, and we've had a recent quote in the book uh, about Ron saying that they nicked some stuff from the kitchens for Harry's quote-unquote surprise party, and... Now, I do understand that them stealing stuff from the kitchens is a little misleading, given that all they have to do is show up at the kitchens, and they will get just thrown food and drinks. True. I get that, but still
0: who they are.
1: It, yeah, they're, they're a little mischievous, and they don't exactly play by the rules all the time.
0: Did Filch give him a toilet seat to give Harry at the end of the Sorcerer's Stone? Or did they
1: no, vandalize and
0: steal that, the seat?
1: I was going to say, that's straight-up vandalism, <laughs> That's straight-up destruction of property. Which, arguably, is worse? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good point. I'm glad you started out with that reading. It's boosting me up before I'm sure you rip me down here with a couple of other uh, topics you want to talk about. Uh, Before we get to those, though, I did want to bring up from this chapter specifically, (laughs) because it's a spoiler section, we know that Floor ends up marrying Bill Weasley. Do you think Floor, at any point in time, brings up the fact that Ron asked her out this way and then ran off?
0: I don't think she does, because I don't think she remembers... I think everyone else brings it up.
1: <laughs> That's a fair point. That's actually a really good point. I agree with you. I don't think Flora would remember this instance, because let's be real, she probably has like ten guys at Hogwarts yeah. doing this a day.
0: It wasn't the only time it happened to Probably it. not
1: the only time. But if I was Harry, or if I was Ginny, oh, if I'm Ginny, I'm bringing this up every chance I get. Every time I'm in the same room as Ron.
0: So do you think she was actually using Vila charm and he got
1: hit with it? Oh, on Diggory? Because she was talking to Diggory at the time. Do you
0: think she even has that?
1: She's part Vila. I don't know that she can turn it on, turn it off, like it's a light switch. I don't know about that. I don't know that she's turning on the charm for Diggory. I think that's more of a Harry being upset kind of thing. But they seem to have just a regular cordial... I don't know if I want to say friendship, but relationship, her and Diggory? I mean, she was probably trying
0: to get him to ask her out.
1: I don't know. Maybe. Uh, okay, Okay, this is me being biased again towards Cedric. But if that is the case, and she was turning on the charms on Cedric, Cedric clearly did not fall for it.
0: He might have already asked Cho at that point.
1: Possibly, but I think if you're under the viola charm, I don't think that matters. I think you switch immediately.
0: I mean, Harry resisted it. I think Ron's the only one who continually gets hit by it. Ron seems
1: really affected by it. Like, hard. Harry seems pretty immune
0: to it. Well, he had some pretty superficial views already in this chapter.
1: Yes, that's a good way of putting it. Superficial (laughs) views, uh, to say the least. So, uh, yeah, so maybe he just fell that hard. Harry's obviously not as taken with floor. <sighs> what do you think? So we've had this conversation before about Harry's kind of resistance to it post-Quidditch World Cup, because he, he did get hit by it hard when there were like 100 velas or whatever on the field. But since then, he's shown a pretty decent resistance to that type of magical attraction why do you think that is what's your take on that
0: i think what you said about the horcrux could play a part in it like the horcruxes do defend themselves so maybe his horcrux tries to defend him sometimes i like it that's also he spent the last book training to resist magical like motion tampering yeah like he literally trained against ...for Dementors for a significant portion of the last
1: year. That's true. Kind of fighting back on negative emotions.
0: But it's still a magical being affecting his emotions. That's true.
1: That's true. So you're thinking maybe that had some input to it? I I think... Let's be real. The real answer is probably somewhere in between the two. Like, it's... I think the Horcrux does have an impact. But Harry himself... He's been through a lot. He's been through a lot. And I I think it's somewhere in between, probably. It's some of him and some of the Horcrux. But what do you think the Horcrux was doing at the Quidditch World Cup (laughs) when he was about to jump off the balcony? It was like, what are you doing? Stop. Just
0: like, was asleep and just turned on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Could you imagine if that was just it for that Horcrux right there? He just jumps (laughs) out of the balcony it's like, well,
0: and our story's over. Like, Horcruxes are hard to... Destroy, but he doesn't know that. So, could he normally die like from a normal accident?
1: Could he die from a normal thing, or would he die? But the horcrux like l- leaves his body and becomes like a wisp of soul in like the woods somewhere? Or like
0: Harry starts a zombie apocalypse.
1: Harry could start a zombie apocalypse. We have the Walking Dead Harry Potter edition, that'd be interesting. <laughs> that'd be interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That is a decent question. Like, is he completely immune to things now?
0: Like, he narrowly avoids death so many times, but what would have actually happened if he didn't avoid it?
1: I'm trying to think, like, okay.
0: It takes very strong magic to destroy all the other horcruxes.
1: I get, like, Voldemort himself being unable to do it. Like, Quirrell was fine, but Voldy was in Quirrell at that point. He was possessing Mm -hmm. Quirrell. What about Riddle's the diary version of him in the Chamber of Secrets, that version probably couldn't kill Harry. But the Basilisk could. So what happens yeah. if the Basilisk did?
0: Well, the Basilisk is one of the things that can destroy a Horcrux.
1: So he would kill it then. Or the Basilisk would then kill, kill Harry and him. the Horcrux. Yeah. How ticked would Voldy be if he figured that out? Would okay. he just kill Lucius on the spot for putting the diary in that, in that position anyway?
0: Well, what happens if Viddle? from the diary succeeds i think he would go after voldemort
1: what riddle from the diary yeah
0: he wouldn't want two of him and he would be stronger
1: okay so you're thinking wait a minute (laughs) so you're thinking riddle from the diary becomes whole
0: yeah i think his first target is voldemort
1: so you're not thinking like that oh okay so you're thinking they could be two separate entities
0: Yeah, that wouldn't have been Voldemort that got resurrected. That would have been 17-year-old Tom Riddle.
1: I've never thought about this before. So you think 17-year-old Tom Riddle would then go after (laughs) what the fragment that's left of Voldemort at that point in time? Yeah. Interesting. And then you get like the 17-year-old version of Voldy. Do you
0: think any form of Voldemort would want to share power? With
1: himself? Probably not. That's interesting. I never thought about that. Let us know what you think about that uh, scenario. If Tom Riddle had succeeded in Chamber of Secrets, the the diary version had succeeded, what would the fallout then be? That's an interesting what if. I've never thought of that before.
0: And when you were talking about that, you always talked about if Harry just told Dumbledore everything that was going on, he could have solved it earlier. Would, Vault, would Dumbledore have succeeded? A well, Horcrux pretty much is what killed him, and he was prepared for it. So if he went blind against the diary,
1: he did have a particular weakness to that specific Horcrux, though.
0: Still, all the Horcruxes. I don't know he have
1: the. Yeah, but I don't know that he'd have a weakness to the diary or a weakness to a cup. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> be much more unprepared, though. And there would have been a basilisk.
1: I think, I would assume Dumbledore can take on a Basilisk. Hand
0: Riddle at the same time? Uh, riddle Riddle... I mean, he could definitely take 17-year-old Riddle by himself, yes. but...
1: Especially with the version of Riddle that that was, the, the not-fully-back 17-year-old, mm. uh, I don't think that would concern Dumbledore all that much. It's just the ring specifically had a pull mm. on him of the stone in it but yeah uh, i don't
0: know it would have been a simple solve though
1: well harry also has a knack for not telling the full story mm-hmm. until it's like at the last possible moment and then he just like word vomits the, like all of his inner secrets that one time
0: at the end of the book
1: you ever th- yeah do you ever think like dumbledores were like Awesome, awesome. You know, you could have told me that, like, four months ago, but great.
0: Well, he could also talk to Harry more.
1: Also true. <laughs> that's, that's a fair point, too. Oh, man. Well, that's an interesting thought that I never thought of before.
0: Didn't expect it to
1: go that way. How did we even get here? I don't know how we got on this tangent. From floor to chamber of secrets. <laughs> From floor to chamber of secrets and Tom, 17-year-old Tom Riddle killing... Voldy. Yeah. Well, I don't know how we got on that tangent, but I love tangents. So, now, uh, what other (laughs) comments do you have from previous chapters or previous episodes?
0: Like, I just do not understand all of the James Potter love.
1: What about, uh, what about the James Potter love?
0: I feel like she makes so many leaps to get to James Potter being this perfect person when. I think you could look at a lot of what he does negatively just as easily.
1: Well, I know one of her leading defenses, well, one of her two leading defenses is, if I may speak for Anna, is the fact that he saved Snape from Sirius's practical joke of getting him into the tricking shack with Lupin.
0: Is that really such a good thing? He did I mean, save
1: Snape's life.
0: And what happens if he doesn't? Probably at
1: least bad things.
0: <laughs> he saved at least one of his best friends from probably being arrested for murder, if not two of them. He probably gets out of it as an Animagus because of that. And you're giving someone a lot of credit for thinking that killing someone is taking bullying too far.
1: Okay, so I'll, I'll see your... your I'll see that point at the end there. I'll see that. The other part of this is the idea that he's only saving Snape as another form of self-preservation.
0: I'm not saying that's the only reason he did it. Like, it was a good act. I don't think James Potter is a bad person. but I'm just saying it has benefits for him, too. Though he probably would have never talked to him again if Snape died then.
1: So Aaron's bringing some James Potter heat Anna's way. I can't wait to hear Anna's (laughs) response to this, but...
0: Oh, another thing that I've heard Anna bring up before is... Like, he was friends with Lupin, who was a werewolf, and did all these things for him.
1: And Pettigrew, for that matter, too.
0: But at the end of the day, like, James and Lily are dead because they didn't trust Lupin because he was a werewolf. Like, when they thought there was a spy... They just assumed it was Lupin because of that. Yeah. So that's what, like, a
1: decade of friendship meant in the end. Well, that is a terribly sad look at their friendship. But you're not wrong. I mean, they, they there was reasons that they went away from Lupin. And, there was...
0: and they trusted Pettigrew more than Lupin because Lupin was a werewolf.
1: Well, to be fair to them, Lupin was also spending a lot of time with very dangerous dark individuals true so the odds of him being corrupted yeah well,
0: i am just taking the completely contrarian like sure. side
1: here like sure, i sure, don't
0: sure. truly believe all this but
1: you could see it's easy to get to these you could poke you could poke you know, it uh
0: the way anna presents some. him
1: yes <laughs> fair enough uh any other thoughts that you had or
0: we could get to trelawney
1: you want to get to, tre- oh, you have Trelawney thoughts. All right, what do, you, what do you got?
0: So I think this is the only take you've had that I've just completely disagreed with.
1: Considering how many hours I've sat here and talked Harry Potter, if this is the only one where you're like, wow, you are wrong, I'll
0: I take mean, that. there's a couple where I'm not completely on board with, but I don't think Trelawney's a bad teacher. I don't think she is a teacher. I think she's just a con artist. And she has no idea she has any skill in divination.
1: So the only thing I'll say to that is con artists know they don't have, like, the skill they're presenting. Yeah.
0: And I... What makes you think that she knows what she could well, do? Well, she knows
1: her heritage. She knows that... I think she's using that as part of the con. Like, Also, well, here's the problem. It can't be a con when it's real like we know she is a seer and we know that she has made prophecies she does like legitimate prophecies her. it's fine but if we know that she's a seer that's made those prophecies that are true and that are canonically prophecies she has that ability so my question back to you then is but when she does
0: make predictions that come true like Samora and Malfoy and the Tower. She thinks that's like too far fetched because she doesn't trust her own abilities because she doesn't know she's sure. But
1: well, now my distinction has been between making those types of predictions. That's a great mm-hmm. one to bring up and I'm happy you did because when she pulls the lightning struck tower and she sees that that that's like real. That's like the seer magic working through her. Like yes, it's there. I completely agree with that Well okay so that's my point So like, But
0: I don't think she knows that what she did was real
1: Interpreting it is a whole other thing Like you, mm-hmm. you can make a prediction That's real But you interpret it wrong And that's interpretation error But like for example We just had her A couple of chapters ago Like quote unquote being called To the crystal ball And like seeing mm-hmm. death In the crystal ball She sees that. If we're interpreting that as to be true, that she was called to the crystal ball and that she saw death in the crystal ball. That's true. She interpreted it wrong in that she thought that meant Harry. It meant Um, Cedric. But, eh?
0: I feel like she thinks she's just making random stuff up, but her power is actually so strong, what she thinks she's making up is actually her gift telling her these things. I
1: I 100% agree that she interprets a lot. Wrong. Like But she's making some real prophecies and some real, real accurate predictions.
0: I don't think she knows she's doing it. I think she's trying to put on a show so she could keep a cushy job.
1: I'm so glad you said put on a show. I am so prepared for that comment. Let me tell you about Hogwarts teachers that make yeah. a show, okay? Hagrid, teaching third years about a hippogriff yeah. in his first lesson to third years. McGonagall, Animagus transformation, Ta da! Applause for me, please. Lupin, go with Bogarts for the first lesson of third year. Bogarts, what are Bogarts? They show you your fear, your true fear. That's not traumatizing to children. Moody, showing unforgivable curses in the first year and putting them on the students. Snape, seriously question whether he actually might poison students. What are we talking about? Oh, I'm not saying they don't all put on a
0: show, but I just think she's putting on a show. To keep her job. while I think they're putting on a show to try to do a good job.
1: They're failing horribly at it. Well, I
0: think they want the student's attention, but I think she's trying to put on a show that she's actually what she says she is.
1: The only only teacher that I didn't mention there was Flitwick. Is Flitwick the only, like, legitimate? But,
0: okay, McGonagall,
1: she got the student's attention. Yeah, because as much as we like to think of her as this, like... Oh, she doesn't let her hair down very much at all. She is flashy in ways. Yeah. She likes to show off in ways. So the idea, like, Trelawney is the only one that likes to make an impression on students? That's not
0: true. But I think that's the only thing she's trying to do, and she's not actually trying to teach. She's just trying to look good enough to keep the job.
1: I would teach her class differently. Uh, that is true. But honestly, like Jen and I talked about a couple chapters ago, you can make a real good argument for about firing half of the Hogwarts okay, stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, um,
0: mean, another thing you talk about is all the disrespect just because they don't believe in her subject. But who disrespects... Who is it Friends who replaces her? Uh, it's Friends. Nobody disrespects him. Like, nobody takes the Hall of Prophecy lightly. Like, it's just her because I think they see her as a con artist, too.
1: They view her as a fraud. Friends is a lot of the same. It's a lot of interpreting symbols instead of interpreting, like, crystal balls, which I don't mm-hmm. think many people respect. It's interpreting stars and planet alignments, which you can physically see those. So I think that in, that translates well. But I the thing that I love about Trelawney, and this is the whole thing that made me reimagine my thought on Trelawney, was her quote at the beginning of her class on the first day and she says like there's only so much I can teach you about this like if you don't have the site you don't have the site
0: but what does she actually teach I mean all the students when they're doing exams with her just make up random stuff that they think she'll like
1: yeah because
0: the worse it is the better their grade
1: Look, I've had teachers that I know what they want to hear and what they want to read, and I've written to their preferences before, and I've gotten A's for it. That's real life.
0: But you're still doing the writing. They're just making stuff up. Because they don't have the sight.
1: They don't have the sight, and she knows that they don't have the sight. I mean, it's such a rare characteristic that I don't think that really matters. As long as you show, like, some inclination towards it, some... Some... Motivation towards it, I think she'll give you that grade. I think it's just if you entertain her. Maybe, and that's fine. I mean, if you know they can't actually read a crystal ball, then sure. <laughs> like, why not? I, I would teach it differently in that I would teach more about the the history of crystal ball and like the, the ideas around it or palmistry or whatever, tea leaves. I would teach more about that than having them do practicals. I think it would be a more effective way of doing it. That's me, <laughs> but... And, look, never have I said that Trelawney is a great teacher. I'm just saying, a lot of the flack towards her is a little unfair, given that literally she said right out the gate, her first words were, you might not get this.
0: But I honestly don't think she believes she has the sight. I think she just used her grandma's name to get a job. Because she's never aware of anything she predicts right. And when it, she does predict something right, she dismisses it. Or someone that, has to point it out. That it's part right. of
1: that might be on society. Uh, because they view her as a fraud. Or they view the whole subject of divination as a giant fraud of magic. Because it happens so infrequently. And it happens so rarely that you have to physically witness it to believe it and not many people are there to physically witness it. Especially with Trelawney, because she keeps herself up in her tower all the time.
0: But that's for true prophecies, but when she makes a prediction that's right, she doesn't believe it or it has to be pointed out to her when it's actually right. So I think she's just making stuff up and her power is making her make a correct prediction, but she doesn't know.
1: I think that's partially everybody else telling her you're wrong you're wrong you're a fraud you're a fraud you're a joke you're a joke what are you doing what are you doing? so no she might not necessarily have that belief in herself and look look at her own staff members that are surrounding her they all think she's a fraud and her branch of magic is a joke that's I why she doesn't ever think... come down to, to like I think these... they
0: think she's a joke but I don't think they think her oh, I branch think, is
1: I think they think divination is a joke
0: Oh, and my hot take about this... Uh Uh-oh. Her predicting students' deaths every year... Like, it's probably... Well, could be the single worst thing a Hogwarts teacher has done as a teacher.
1: That's a big statement.
0: I mean, I think
1: you get into some gray area with Umbridge. (laughs) Who actually physically tortured students? Not just threatened to, like Snape. He she actually did it
0: but just think about what happens in the real world when like a doctor incorrectly gives someone a terminal diagnosis those patients are immediately met with counselors and all of that and it still ruins their lives a lot of the time and these are adults who have like support systems it's fair do you want to get really dark with it sure can you imagine if she had a student like Moaning Myrtle and predicted her death? And then like at a, predict- a particularly dark moment, Moaning Myrtle thought, well, I already know it's not going to get better, so why wait? Like, that's what I'm saying. It could be worse than what OK English did.
1: Well, let, let me flip this around on you on another teacher, Lupin with the Buggerts. That can go horribly, horribly wrong. Real quick. It worked out for him. Because everybody wants Lupin to be a perfect, wonderful character and a teacher. and Great. But in a different version of this book, that goes really badly. It does. Showing students, like, their worst fears could go really wrong. Like, and especially with no prep, you don't know what these kids have been through. (laughs) You don't know, like, you don't know. That's, that could go real bad. (laughs) So... I just
0: wonder if maybe Lupin was practicing Obliviate before the class. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe that was
1: his answer this entire time. He's like, you know, that locker did have one thing going for him, that, that one spell. And, and then you have literally Moody Crouch. You have Crouch putting an unforgivable cur- They're literally called unforgivable curses that have you go one-way ticket to Azkaban. He's doing them in a classroom.
0: So they could be protected against them. I mean... They're unforgivable curses. I'm not protecting this. Like, <laughs> like, all the teachers do some pretty bad things, by I just think, like, she, if she says, predicts the wrong death, it could do some serious damage to someone.
1: I think you just described the entirety of the nature of Hogwarts, in that something can go really, really wrong real, real quickly at any given point in time in any of these classrooms. Like, Dumbledore needs to, like, rein this in a little bit And he's just letting it, like, wild, wild west, whatever. But so,
0: I think they're at least trying to teach the students something, or get their attention to make them realize that this is a serious subject, while I think she's just doing it for fun, and, because she enjoys it.
1: I don't know, I think,
0: like, oh, don't get me wrong, I think Umbridge overall is a much worse person, and Snape overall is a much worse person, but... I think if you take any single thing they did, her predicting death could be worse.
1: Could be. Snape's threatened to poison students. And he's mentally and emotionally abusing Neville on a daily basis.
0: That's what I mean. Like, on a daily basis. Like, over the course of a year, yes, he's doing worse to Neville. But as one single act, I think she's did the worst. Except for the actual torture that Umbridge
1: does, but... (laughs) Hogwarts is... I think I said this on a previous episode. Hogwarts is a fun place to be. And there's a lot that can happen to you in a given day. And all, all I'm saying is, I I will agree that she's not a great teacher. I would teach her class differently. But I could say that about a bunch of the professors. And I just think the flack that she's getting is a little, little over the top, considering what all of the others are doing. <laughs> but, anyway... I disagree. Fair enough. We will agree to disagree on this point. Uh, do you have anything else for the, the spoiler section? That's all. All good? All right. Well, let us know what you think on everything that we've talked about uh, today. And uh, thank you again to those shout outs from before Maria, Orange Gummy Bear, and Jenny Conway. Uh, really appreciate all your engagement. Let us know what you think on Twitter, on Instagram. Also, don't be afraid to leave us a voice message on Anchor and become part of the episode. That would be really cool to start doing. And, yeah, thank you guys for all your support. We're really uh, thrilled to keep doing this. we got a cool chapter coming up next, the Yule Ball, which is a much bigger chapter than I had remembered it being. <laughs> so, there's a lot in it. There's a lot in it. So we will return next week with that. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at pod.